Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View. Uh, thank you for joining me here where we celebrate the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an interesting place, such an important place, such a special place to live work and play. Um, I'm going to share this next week. Uh, I've shared this before, but this is a quote from John Muir. It says this, and into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. You know, the outdoors in Mississippi, man, I can't overstate how important it is, how important the conservation community is. And I actually have a really cool conversation coming up next week with a young man by the name of um, of uh, Lake Pickle. He actually is on the Primos team. He's a part of Primos Outdoors on the Outdoor Channel and on YouTube. He has a podcast. It's going to be a fascinating conversation about his love of of uh, you know the you know outdoors in Mississippi and my love of the outdoors in Mississippi. Speaking of the outdoors, you may not be aware of this, but there are a lot of alligators in coastal Mississippi. I live on the water in Back Bay, and over the years I've seen some big ones. Probably the biggest one I ever saw was probably better than ten foot long. Um, there are just you know all across the state of Mississippi. Our place up in the Mississippi Delta, we see big alligators all the time. We have one that that I know about that's probably twelve plus feet long. And for that reason, there's actually a permitted alligator hunting season in the state of Mississippi. And uh, with that in mind, I, I wanted to invite Ricky Flint, who's the alligator program coordinator for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, to join me today and just talk about the whole notion of alligator hunting and permitting and probably have learned of some really incredible stories along the way. But without any further ado, let me just welcome to Coast View, Ricky Flint. How you doing, Ricky? Hey, it's great to be here. A great topic. Yes, yeah, good Good to see you. Well, let's start with this. I mean, before we get any further, how did you get to become the Alligator Program Coordinator? That's a, that is a pretty good question. Uh, I had already been working with this agency for about 10 years at the time, and uh the position of the alligator program coordinator had been vacant for about two and a half years and they were having trouble getting it filled. Nobody inside the agency was interested in doing it. And uh, I was given the opportunity, the offer to, to take it up. And I did in 2003. And uh, quite honestly, it's been the best decision I've ever made. I've never enjoyed working with a wildlife species more than I have the American alligator in the state of Mississippi. That's so interesting to hear you say that. See, I love. See, what's what's cool about people who do what you do? Rarely do I run into anyone who who is part of the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks who's not passionate about their work. They just they just are. They love they love uh, outdoors in Mississippi, but more importantly, they understand the role that conservation plays. And I don't care what species we're talking about, conservation plays a huge role in making Mississippi one of the most um, I don't know sought after outdoor. Uh, experiences in the entire nation, if not the world. Um, so what is it about this species of alligators and your opportunity as a program director get, gives you so much passion for what you do? Well, you kind of go back into history and learn where the alligator has come from. You know, the 
a lot of people are familiar with the alligator having once been placed on the endangered species list, and that was the case in 1967. And, um, you know, the southeastern United States is the only part of the world where the American alligator exists. And uh, with that protection in 1967 and the years that uh, followed that, uh, the alligator uh, populations rebounded quite well. Uh, they were hunted to the endangered species status. There were no laws to protect them. And uh, the Endangered Species Act uh, did its part uh, in, in doing that. And then in 1987, uh, the alligator was taken off the endangered species list and across its entire range, Mississippi included. And with that, um, all of the states were given uh, regulatory authority over alligator populations in their states. And so in 1989, uh, the legislature here in Mississippi uh, started the Mississippi Alligator Control Program, uh, and that's where it got started. Um, now, for the years following that, it was mainly monitoring that was being taken place. And then uh, there were situations in parts of the state where nuisance alligators existed in your part of the world down there uh, on the coastal counties, uh, particularly Jackson County, which is home to about 25 percent of the state's alligator population. Uh, very vast uh, amounts of habitat available to alligators down there with the Pascagoula River and all the associated tributaries. Uh, great habitat for alligators. And so uh, nuisance alligators became a big part of what we were doing. We knew all along that at some point we would hope to get to a, a situation where the state could offer some limited alligator hunting opportunities. And when I started in the alligator program in 2003, uh, that was one of the things I was charged with was to look at the possibility of getting an alligator hunting season started in Mississippi and how we would do that. That's that's so interesting. You, said, you know, it, I had not heard the number 25% of the state's population of alligators is in the Pascagoula River complex. But now that I think about it, it makes sense because when people think of the Pascagoula River, they think of, you know, a river and it's flowing through and whatever, but they don't see this Pascagoula watershed, the largest undammed waterway in the United States, and the and the amount of area that it consumes, the amount of wetlands that are engaged in that. At the end of the day, it's probably, I won't say probably, it is the best possible habitat for alligators that you could actually create, isn't it? It is. It's it's tremendous. Um you can get in a boat and start in the river and you could run every tributary that's connected to it and you couldn't cover it in a week. Um, it's just, it's a tremendous uh, resource to the state of Mississippi and uh, and arguably, uh, and one thing we're very proud about is it's one of the most pristine waterways left in the country. It is. There is no doubt about that. Again, the largest undammed waterway in the United States and a lot of efforts over the years to protect that and to preserve it and and so that it could be what it is today. But, you know, I would tell people they're interested, just go to Google Maps. Go to Google Maps and get yourself situated over the Pascoola River where it flows into the Mississippi Sound and sort of follow it up and see the complex of delta that exists there. It's really incredible. And so it's no surprise that 25% of 
the state's population of alligators is actually located there. But they're all over. They're all over the state. I mean, there could be uh, rivers. It could be uh, ponds. It could be, you know, uh, hardwood bottoms. It, I mean, it could be any any number of habitats that exist across the state. And when they when the number gets out of kilter, it becomes a problem. Talk to us about why that is. Well, the unique thing about alligators compared to most other wildlife species in the state is they have very few, if any, predators once they reach about four feet in length. Uh, the only predators of concern really are other alligators as they are cannibalistic. They will uh, attack, kill, and eat other alligators. Uh, particularly the adult males during the breeding season. Uh, and then other than that is man. Uh, there is no other species out there that are controlling alligator populations. Um, now, that being the case, um, can you leave alligator populations alone and then take care of themselves? Obviously, if you look at how long alligators have been here, um, They've been here without our help for a very long time. But then once humans got involved and started uh, hunting them to near endangered species status, uh, humans became a problem. And with the protection uh, that has been afforded to them, uh, we are in a management stage now. Uh, and so you have also the issues of uh, development, uh, human development, continues to encroach upon all of our wildlife species. Waterways and uh, the wildlife that depend on waterways and those types of ecosystems are particularly prone to those issues. And so uh, that's something that we need to do. We need to be prudent to uh, keep close tabs on these alligator populations, uh, make sure that we're not hunting them to a, a detrimental uh, condition. You know, an alligator can live for a very long time, can it? We we know that they can live 70 or more years in captivity. We really have no idea how long they can live in the wild. I would suspect uh, 100 years plus is not out of the question. Yeah, I remember going to an alligator farm in Arkansas once, and they had a alligator there that they claimed to be over 100 years old. I don't, yeah, of course, I don't know. But I was just a kid. I remember thinking to myself, wow, that's a that's a long time. <laughs> and it was a big alligator, a big alligator. Mississippi is no stranger to big alligators, though, is it? No. Uh, in fact, uh, the Mississippi Delta is probably not the most well-known for the extremely large size body mass of alligators that exist there. Um, so what we, we, let's do this. Let's do, yeah. Let's do this. Let's come back after the break and let's talk about how big these animals can become. And yep. some of the interesting stories that you've heard along the way. I mean, I've seen the pictures on social media. I've seen some of the pictures that you guys have posted. Literally dinosaurs. Um, we're going we're gonna to come back to that in just a minute. We're having a conversation with Ricky Flint, the Alligator Program Coordinator for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. We'll see you after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Ricky Flint, the alligator program coordinator for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. A man that takes his job very seriously and is very passionate about it as well. We're going to talk in just a second about have there been any alligator attacks along the way? Have we recorded any and recorded history? And if so, what were they? And then, uh, boy, there's been some big alligators caught. I want to hear some of those stories as well. But before we go there, tell me specifically about the alligator season. Time frame, how does someone get permits? How does the permitting process work? Kind of take us through that. Okay. So it's a it's a pretty long process that uh, keeps me pretty busy most of the year. Uh, once the alligator season's over and we compile all the information, I, I don't get much time to rest to start getting ready for the next alligator season. We, uh, we pass our alligator season proposed rules uh, in the month of March uh, with our commission. And then uh, we start the permitting or application process the first week of June. And uh, we allow the applications to be accepted uh, for a week, June 1st. This year it was June 1st through June 8th. Uh, it's all done electronically through our website. A uh, person goes on there. Uh, they must have uh, a Mississippi hunting and fishing license. They must be a resident at least 16 years of age. We do allow uh, non-residents who have a, a lifetime hunting license in Mississippi are also eligible. Um, this year looks like around about 6,000 applications received uh, for the alligator limited permit process. Then the uh, draw takes place. Uh, the people who are drawn are actually notified by email. And in that email, they get a, a unique link to go to that allows them to actually go and purchase that, pro that permit immediately. They have 48 hours to do so. At the end of 48 hours, any unleft, unpurchased permits, we do another draw and we send those emails out and then we repeat the process. Uh, we have 960 available permits that are uh, distributed among seven alligator hunting zones across the state. And um, some of the zones have as many as 190. Uh, one zone, the Northwest zone, uh, only has 40 permits available. And then we have some that are somewhere in between. The 960 permitted hunters are allowed to go out during the alligator hunting season. This year it starts on um, August 27th at 12 noon. And then it'll uh, continue for 10 days till September 6th at 12 noon. Uh, those people have uh, special tags that they must attach to their alligator immediately after they've harvested. We allow them to take two alligators. Uh, those two alligators must be at least four feet long and only one of those can exceed seven feet. And what this does is it distributes some of the pressure of the harvest among adult breeding size alligators as well as juveniles. And it has worked very well uh, ever since we instituted that back in 2013 to where we now have almost an even 50-50 distribution of harvest among adult alligators and those that are juveniles. That's uh, very interesting. And there's a very specific approach that has to be taken. Talk about that. So um, we... We started the alligator hunting process knowing that it was going to be a very limited process. We're not, we're not really at a, uh, a goal of controlling the population. Uh, what we're trying to do is offer a safe recreational opportunity for the people of Mississippi to go out and take some alligators 
uh, a population that is uh, that can withstand some limited uh, harvest every year. And we, we look at those numbers every year. We know that uh, we're probably harvesting no more than one or two percent of the adult alligators that even exist in the state's population every year, even through these uh, 960 permits. So, uh, so real quick, uh, the the type of uh, a technique used to actually catch an alligator. How 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 do people actually get one? The most popular way, um, which a lot of people who who may not be familiar. Uh, you're not allowed to just go out onto the public waterways and discharge a firearm and shoot and kill an alligator. That's a very unsafe situation. That was very paramount in our beginning and uh, planning how this was all going to take place in 2005. Um, you must actually capture the alligator first and have it restrained before it can be killed. Uh, the most popular way is to basically uh, cast a large treble hook out across the water for lack of a better word, snag the alligator, reel it in, uh, get it noosed or snared about the head or at least one leg to where the alligator is controlled. At that point, the alligator is legally restrained and the hunters can then take a shoulder-fired long barrel shotgun out of the case and discharge it into the spine just behind the head of the alligator, uh, euthanizing it very quickly and humanely um, and very safely. Um, once you have the alligator controlled, uh, it's a very simple process. So people think about alligators. For people who don't know, they, they, they might think just like a shark, you know, they're scared of sharks. You know, sharks attack people. Alligators, they're big. They got big teeth. And as you, I remember watching the crocodile hunter and watching what crocodiles could do. Scary stuff. Have there been any attacks in Mississippi? There has never been a documented case in the state of Mississippi, uh, modern times. There is some record that shows that sometime back during the 18, I believe it was the 1870s, uh, there is a newspaper article, I can't even remember, it's somewhere on the coast, uh, where someone wrote an article about someone that was actually attacked by an alligator uh, in Mississippi. That's the only record we have. Uh, and. Uh, I had to have someone bring that to my attention uh, just here in the last year or so. So I, we didn't even know about that one. But uh, no, as far as that, as far as we're concerned, there's really never been an alligator attack on a human in the state of Mississippi. You know, what I've noticed, too, is that when there is a nuisance alligator, they're pretty good about you know, calling the, the appropriate people and restraining it, taping its mouth and taking it off and releasing it somewhere else. We've gotten really good at that, haven't we? We have. Uh, the nuisance alligator program, like I said, has been in place since 1989. Uh, we have about 12 uh, to 15 uh, nuisance alligator trappers that are private individuals that are contracted with us uh, to help us with the volume of nuisance alligator complaint calls. And uh, through their permitting, they're allowed to commercially dispose of those alligators uh, when we send them out there to get them. Uh, they do a very good job. And um, we encourage everyone from the public, even to the, the local law enforcement and emergency uh, personnel to wait till we can get on the scene, someone that is experienced to handle them because they are very dangerous and things can get out of hand very quickly as, as I have learned myself. What? Oh, you have. Tell me oh, about yeah. that. Well, uh, I was once handling an alligator that uh, I probably got just a little bit too complacent having handled a few too many. 
and uh, I let one get a hold of my pants leg one day, and uh, it brought me down to the ground, and I was able to get the alligator's mouth restrained and had some help to uh, get my pants unraveled from the alligator, about seven foot long, but, um, you know, it, it was an eye-opening event that uh, changed the way that I looked and made sure that how I was taking care of myself every time I had an alligator. Wow. That's, I bet you looked at that moment and said, whew, thank God. Yeah. I, <laughs> we, we got, got pictures that thing. to prove it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's incredible. What a great story. What a, what a, uh, you know, hair raising story. Hey, so, um, there are some big alligators in Mississippi. What's, what's the current record? The current record is about 14 feet and just a little shy of an inch. So about 14 feet and three quarters of an inch, I believe is the exact record. Uh, we have two alligators that are in that range, 14 feet and a quarter inch. And then one's like 14 and three quarters of an inch. Both of those came uh, from alongside the Mississippi River, one right there near Vicksburg on uh, a private property on Davis Island. The other taken uh, along the Mississippi River uh, close to Bayou Pierre, I believe it was. So, um, you know, the Mississippi Delta, all that territory that is adjacent to the Mississippi River, um, tremendous ecosystem and, and just tremendously rich. Uh, you know, it, it grows the biggest plants, uh, the biggest specimens of plants and trees in the country uh, can be found in Mississippi Delta. Uh, the largest fish, the hugest concentrations of insects. And if you know much about the food pyramid and the food ecosystem, the food web, uh, this assists alligators as well. They sit at the top of the food chain. And so that nutrient-rich environment is passed along the food web all the way to the alligator, and it expresses itself in their uh, morphological uh, bodies. Uh, their bodies are much larger, usually b bigger body mass. So uh, a 10-foot alligator in the Mississippi Delta could weigh as much as two or 300 pounds more than an alligator in the central part of Mississippi. Wow, that's incredible. Grows big deer, too, I might add. Yes, it does. So um, <clears throat> how much does a 14-foot alligator weigh? Uh, the ones that we have recorded uh, were in the neighborhood of 820, 830 pounds. Um, I think the largest alligator I actually have any record on uh, came out of Pascagoula, uh, Jackson County, years ago, probably back around about 2007 or so. Uh, it was a nuisance alligator uh, that was taken, and uh, it was weighed at around 930 pounds. Uh, wow. It, it was in the neighborhood of 13 feet long. A Very dinosaur. Literally a dinosaur. <laughs> so, Rick, Ricky, we're out of time, but man, this has been this has been so interesting to me, and I think it'll be really interesting to our, our guests. Um, we'll have you back again. In fact, we'll have you back after the season's over and, and do a kind of review on how it went. That's one of the cool things about the permitting process. You guys are able to, to measure just about everything that's done during the season. That'll be interesting to hear more about. But anyway, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Look forward to it. This has been Ricky Flint, the Alligator Program Coordinator for Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And uh, anyway, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. See you then. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.